0: Alright, so tonight we're going to dive into some things that are, well, I consider them really deep uh, because I still get a headache whenever I start to think about them. Um, And they do take a lot of prayer and meditation on and to really get a grasp on it and to accept, actually. Well, it did for me. Uh, I remember one of my uh, dear friends and almost a mentor, uh, in the faith that had brought these, some of these things up to me and I almost got mad at him, because I was like, no, there's no way that's right. And then whenever I actually started reading the Bible and letting the Bible say what it said, I was like, okay, I can't, I can't be mad at him anymore because it's there. Um, but we're gonna talk about, we talked about last week, the knowledge of God and his uh, omniscience and how he's all-knowing. And so we're going to talk about a couple of other areas of his knowledge tonight. Um, One being the foreknowledge of God and the other one being the decree of God. Decree is a little bit hard for me to still understand. And I still try and I still have to work through it quite a bit every time I come across that subject. So um, in Attributes of God, I think I kind of have our typical verses or typical slide here. Uh, It is to actively seeking, and the reason why we're studying the attributes of God is actively seeking and accurately understanding who God is will promote high and holy living. Every aspect of our lives are reflective of our view of God. And then this is our, our motto, remember. An accurate understanding of God is foundational to how we know Him, worship Him, serve Him, and become more like Him. And that's the whole idea of studying and knowing God is to be able to do those things. So um, That's what we talked about last week, the omniscience, all knowing, it's infinite, it's complete. There's nothing outside of God's knowledge. And that's where we were at with it. And so we're going to kind of dive into the decree of God. Foreknowledge is a little bit easier uh, to define, kind of. uh, We kind of all have an idea of what we talk about with the foreknowledge of God. But the decree of God is His purpose or determination with respect to future things. You know, you don't decree something that's already happened. The decree is the first initial statement of it or idea of it. And we refer to it in the singular. It is a one-time decree of God. With us, <clears throat> we kind of have to react to things. And so we call it almost like trial and error. You know, we'll, we'll try something and then we'll go back and redo it, try it again, all that type of stuff. Well, God didn't have to do it. He decreed it to happen. It's going to happen. It's, it's done. You can, it's, you know, one of those, you can take it to the bank type it deal. So uh, that's the reason why it's really hard to say the decree of God. Um, we're going to be talking about multiple things. But it's with God, it would have been one-time decree done. So. All right, so we're going to talk about these. And these are some very... Um, you look at all these things and... I don't know. Somebody give me an idea of what you think this list of things is. Overwhelming. Okay. <laughs> Anybody out? Orthodox Christian like essential beliefs. Okay. Do Christians believe the same thing about every one of these? <laughs> Does everybody agree with the deity of Christ, though? It's your... It's your... Okay, <laughs> but some Christians, but some Christians would say that no, Jesus gave up his deity when he came to Earth. So, like we would say, well, they're not Christians <laughs> that say that. But these are all things that. I mean, there's controversy about all of these things um, in Christian churches. You know, God, we understand, He's you know, there's no controversy with God, but Christians and the way they believe and think of these things have all found ways to argue them. And it's the same thing with uh, the foreknowledge of God. Men try and take this and twist it just like they have the deity of Christ. Um, the Lord's Supper, all that type of stuff, they take it and twist it and try and make it what they want it to say so that they can teach certain ways. But um, when we look at the foreknowledge of God, and I think all of my quotes this week were from A.W. Pink's book, and I pretty much just walked right through it. It's so good on these these two topics that, I I mean, plagiarized every bit of it. I'll just go ahead and say it. Um, So he says, When the solemn and blessed subject of divine foreordination is expounded, When God's eternal choice of certain ones to be conformed to the image of His Son is set forth, the enemy sends along some man to argue that election is based upon the foreknowledge of God. And this foreknowledge is interpreted to mean that God foresaw certain ones would be more pliable than others and that they would respond more readily to the striving of the Spirit and that because God knew they would believe, He accordingly predestinated them into salvation so Joey's talked about this that is saying God is nothing more than a fortune teller he looked down the time and saw good old boy Chris was going to yield to the Holy Spirit's call and believe in him therefore God's going to save him which makes that to be what type of salvation That's a works-based salvation because Chris is the cause of that salvation. Chris, believing, is a work in that sense. Then God saves him because of that. That's not what this is talking about. And once I get through this, hopefully it'll be super clear because I didn't have a real good understanding until I read this book about, well, the attributes of God from A.W. Think the way he puts it. It's like, wow, that is... That's what cements it for me, and these are gonna be things you may struggle with. You may say, go to your... I don't know about that," and I, I was right there with you. So you're not gonna hurt my feelings, you know. But I w- just take these things and look at them from Scripture and see what you see. Um, so, um, and I would say that this type of person that preaches this, that it's just God looking down the sins or n- down the time, has lost. The concept of the depravity of man because we're never in our own power going to choose God that's never going to happen everything about us is going to rebel against God has all ever since the beginning of time literally has rebelled against God um, so and and it would even take the fact that some people are good and we always say well they're just a good old boy but you know this is saying no they are good enough to come to the conclusion that they want to choose God um, I, I kind of hinted on this earlier, but our believing, or this one, you know, this one says that our believing is the cause of God's election instead of God's election being the cause of salvation. So we flipped that, or some people have flipped that, and said our believing is the cause of our salvation, and that's not the case. It's simply by grace and God's choosing. So we'll keep going. Uh, and I'm going to, tons of verses, I Pretty sure I've got them all on here. Hopefully they're big enough that y'all can read them. Um, So the main thing is we can't assume the definition of foreknown or foreknow. Okay. Uh, In the Old Testament, the word always had some type of aspect of affection to it. Um, So something is like loved or appointed. Okay. Okay. so let's look at these. Exodus thirty-three seventeen 17 says, The Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing of which you have spoken, for you have found favor in my sight and have known you by name. I've known you. Loved. Had affection to. Deuteronomy nine twenty four. You have been rebellious towards the Lord since the day I knew you. Again, once again, knowing someone. Um... Jeremiah 1:5 Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I have appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Once again, affection towards some object being loved or appointed or something of that aspect. It's a little bit harder. To go back and look at the words in uh, the Hebrew or the Old Testament for foreknowledge, but once we get to the New Testament ones, you'll be like, oh, that's, that's obvious. I mean, that's clear. Um, these are going to be... Um, well, I'll let you... Okay, I'll just let you tell me. So um, Matthew seven twenty three says, <clears throat> And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Leave me, you who practice lawlessness. John 10, 14, I am the good shepherd, and I know my own, and my own know me. 2 Timothy two nineteen. Nevertheless, the firm foundation of God stands, having this seal. The Lord knows those who are His, and everyone who names the name of the Lord is to keep away from wickedness. All right, whoops, I went too far because I was going to give you the answer there. So what would we say is the, um, how would you describe the word for foreknow for the New Testament, those New Testament verses there? But. I would say it's not just strictly talking about having a cognitive knowledge or something before the event. It's actually talking about God entering into the relationship, like intimate knowledge, personal knowledge, with, the, with His own. Okay. That occurs before you. Okay. Like for loved. Okay, for loved. Could, does God, in these verses, foreknow actions or events? Okay, so definitely say in these, these we would definitely say that there's no foreknowledge of God just in the, some type of event like Chris believing, right? We don't see that here. Um, so here's the thing. In Scripture, especially in New Testament, it's very obvious. The word foreknowledge, foreknow, foreknew, that type of stuff, is always 100% used in reference to persons, not events or actions. So that preacher that gets up there says, oh, the foreknowledge of God is just him looking down time and seeing these certain events. Take You stop and say, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Nothing in Scripture says that. No word usage like that in all of Scripture. There's not. God did not foreknow certain events. Now, we're going to get into His decree and that type of stuff, but that's not what we're talking about. He didn't simply just foreknow some event or some action to happen. It is always 100% foreknowledge of a person. Okay, Those he foreknew. So Acts 2, we're going to look at every one of them. It's okay, there's not that many. All right? So Acts 2, 23. This man, delivered over by the predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God. What, what was the foreknowledge of God? What's foreknown here? This man. Yeah, John. This man. That's it. This man was foreknown of God, of course, being Christ. you nailed to a cross by the hands of godless men and put him to death. Not God foreknew of the crucifixion of Christ. No. It was Christ, this man, that was foreknown by God. Romans eight twenty nine. For those whom he foreknew... Those he foreknew. He also predestined to become conformed to the image of his Son so that he would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And there's also in these verses... Like I said, this is kind of getting a little bit deeper into it, but there's something that actually precedes the foreknowing Anybody tell me what it is in both of these verses? Predetermined. Yeah, his predetermined plan or he is predestined, so he foreknows because he is already predestined it. he's already planned it all out, okay. And once again, that's, that's kind of getting into more of the decree part of it. And that's the reason why I wanted to do them together tonight because they're. it was really hard to separate the knowledge of God. <laughs> Whenever you try and take, all right, we're going to talk about the knowledge of God. What are you going to talk about first in that? And that's the reason why I started with omniscience. So if you don't understand that God knows all things, then it's going to be hard to know that He foreknew something. And then really tough, I think actually... I think A.W. Pink actually does decree first in his book and then, and then foreknowledge. But anyway, Romans 11, 2, God has not rejected His people whom He foreknew. His people. It wasn't the act of rejecting people. No, it was His people that He foreknew. Or do you not know what the Scripture says in the passage about Elijah, how he pleads with God against Israel? Okay, I just included that in entire verse there. Uh, First Peter one two says, According to the foreknowledge of God the Father, by the sanctifying work of the Spirit, to obey Jesus Christ and be sprinkled with his blood, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. And so this is once again according to the foreknowledge of God, you people, like you are the ones. The sanctifying work is on you. Okay? And first Peter one twenty, uh for I don't I don't think Pink picked, pulled this one out, but anyway, I included it. He for he was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but has appeared in the last times for the sake of you. Of course, being Christ, it's every time one hundred percent talking about a person. Never is it an event. Never is it an action of God. If somebody brings up the foreknowledge of God and they're not talking about a person, they're unbiblical. I mean, that's as blunt as I can put it. Because there's nothing in Scripture that ever says God foreknew anything other than a person. Okay? So. right. Uh, This is A.W. Pink. Uh, He says, He foreknows because he has elected. This removes the ground or cause of election from outside the creature and places it in God's own sovereign will. God proposed in Himself to elect a certain people, not because of anything good in them or from them, either actual or foreseen, but solely out of His own mere pleasure. And then if you look at Romans 11.5, it says, And in the same way, then, there has also come to be at present time a remnant. How? The elect, those, those people He foreknew. How? According to God's gracious choice. Had nothing to do with Israel had nothing to do with you. It was simply because God chose to foreknow you to be His children. That's it. God's foreknowledge is the cause, and the effect is the conformity to Christ. The thing is, we can't. So how do we come about having faith? can Jeremy be smart enough to have faith in God? <laughs> so he's a smart dude. It's a gift. Exactly. And who's the gift from? From God. It's a work of God. You cannot have faith of your own. If he didn't choose to give it to give you faith, you've never. Once again, you would rebel till your dying breath. Cuz that's just who humans are. That's how depraved and how sinful we are. Once again, we can't have faith unless God gives, and we will never see unless God gives us sight. It's not going to happen. And the only reason why it does is cause of grace. So once, um, I'll just say, once I got a hold of this understanding of this, Now this may be just being a complete prideful and arrogant person and me talking about this, but like, it kind of revealed God to me and made me just feel that much more depraved and hopeless, basically. A lot of people, they get puffed up and say, oh, I'm the elect, all that type of stuff. Well, you're the only the elect because of the grace of God if He's chose you. like There's nothing in you good. So there's no reason to say, oh, I've got this great knowledge of the... You know, I, I understand this whole foreknowledge of God and how we were predestined and all this type of stuff. If not by grace, you're headed to hell just like any other person. So there's nothing in this teaching or anything that should make you feel any better about yourself. It should absolutely cause you to fall down in prayer and worship of the one who chooses. Because there's nothing in you good that he would choose. There's nothing good in Cody that he could choose if it's just not by him. All right, I think that's it. Joey will take questions next week on that part. So <laughs> we're going to move on to the decree uh, of God. All right, so three things uh, that we're going to look at kind of is the decree of God is eternal, it is wise, and it is absolute and unconditional. So you think of that, and I looked at it, I was like, okay, what does that mean? Eternal means what? Yeah, it's not temporal, right? It's on and on and on and on. Like it does not stop. It's not one of these trial and errors, okay. I'm gonna say we're gonna do this and we'll see how it works and then we'll go about a different way when it doesn't. All right, what does it mean that it's wise? This is not what is wise? What does that mean? I just go ahead give it to you. It wise it's meaning. (laughs) Yeah, well, this one was like, when I thought about it, it just made my head hurt. I was like, there's too much to this. And there's only like two things, so it's not that, not big. But anyway, it's the best possible ends of the fittest means of accomplishing it. So on water, if you're going, it is the best possible ends of the fittest means of, so it's the best end, the best way of accomplishing something. I'm not sure who either read that by. I didn't come up with that for sure, but yeah. Best possible ends are the fittest means or the best way of accomplishing something. And then, of course, unconditional is not based on conditions. Um, Absolute it's going to be fulfilled. There's no doubt about it. It will come to pass. All right, Romans 8:28. we all know this one, I think I talk about verse 29 later, but um, it says, "And we know that God causes all things to work together for the good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. Uh, for those whom he foreknew he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters." So where is God's decree in that? I'm pretty sure the New Testament doesn't speak of God's decree. It uses like eight other different ways of describing it. His purpose. Yeah, it's His purpose. Um, is that the I think they Yeah, that's it in that one. Yeah, so His purpose also describes... Notice it's not His purposes, it's His purpose. There's one. Uh, Ephesians 3.11 says, This was according to the eternal purpose uh, that He has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord. Psalms 2.7 says, I will tell of the decree. There's Old Testament decree word. Uh, The Lord said to me, You are my son, today I have begotten you. Um, Acts 2.23 says, This Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. Definite plan is the decree of God. So it's, it was definite. So it says definite plan. Ephesians 1.9 um, He has made known to us the mystery of His will according to His good pleasure which He set forth in Him. What's the word used here? His will. Yeah. So several different ways to talk about the decree of God. And once again, all singular verse or um, words. So what are we talking about the decree of God? What do we mean when we say that or I say that? These smart people say that. What do they mean? What what do we mean when we say the decree of God? What are we talking about? I mean, we've we've used a bunch of different words here to describe it. The purpose, the will. um, One was the mystery of his plan, or definite plan, mystery of his plan. What, What are we talking about? What he has stated will happen and what he has planned to happen. Okay. I kind of think of it just like reality. Like everything that we know... Has been decreed by God. Okay? Now, does that mean that everything is exactly the plan of God and that He laid it all out to happen like this? Well, no. He decreed these things to happen, and there's certain things that are going to happen absolutely by His own sovereign plan and everything, but it's not to say that He authored all of it. Because if we said He authored sin, Some of y'all should, or all of y'all should be like, whoa, 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 back up. So to say that he authors it all is not true. Um, But he did decree that man could sin. He decreed that some angels could obviously sin and fall. Some only sing praises to his holy, holy, holy all the time. No other option. Continually it says. That's all he's going to do. So he has decreed that. Um so it's all just basically the reality of what's happened. Everything that God has decreed will come to pass. Okay. Um Wait. did you mention Ephesians one eleven? Did I what it? Mention Ephesians one eleven. Doesn't that kind uh, of answer it? One, I don't Does, um sorry, it's in Pete's gonna uh, use that later. I think he uses it. I mean, I've seen it before. I just don't know in what part I've seen it, is it just where the overlap begins to get difficult to separate? I may have it in here. I don't know. I've, I've had to do a lot on the sovereignty of God here lately. I don't know where I've seen it and when. He, he is the one who works all things after the counsel of his will. Yeah. Which is his decree. Yeah, and that's his decree. He works it all. Sin, he worked it according to his decree. Did he author it? He didn't cause it, but he's going to use it in his decree. Yeah. I don't know if I covered it or not, but anyway. Um, Yeah, so everything that comes to pass is foreordained before the beginning of time. All this happened beforehand. God's not sitting back going, oh, I need to do this. Oh, this happened, I need to do this. All that comes to pass was foreordained. It was decreed of God for the beginning of time. Um, so, I'll, uh, yeah, let's read this A.W. Pink quote, and then I'll, I'll give some illustrations. It says, God's purpose was concerned with everything. So the one purpose concerned with everything, whether great or small, whether good or evil. Although with reference to the latter, we must be careful to state that while God is the order and controller of sin, He is not the author of it in the same way that He is the author of the good of good. Sin cannot proceed from a holy God by positive I don't know, boo, that's not a word. By positive and direct creation, but by decretive permission and negative action. GPD is not a word either. Sorry. God's decree is uh, is as comprehensive as His government extending to all creatures and all events. Man, surely my Surely GPD is not a correct spelling of something. Surely that would have flagged it on me, but anyway. So, yeah, the way he's saying there, it's not a direct permission. God didn't say, okay, I'm going to have you to sin. It's it's basically, uh, the way he puts it here, it's of indirect or permissive negative action. So God says, that's not the way, but I'll allow it. That's what he says. You're going to do this. That's not the way it should be done but I'm not going to keep you from doing it. That's what he's saying there. Allow it to be. So, how far does that go? Does, did God decree that I wear my 2019 Ragnar shirt tonight? Is that something that God set forth from before the beginning of time and said, this is what's going to happen? No? no. Yes. No. Yes. Let's argue about it. It's just because they like poppers. <laughs> <laughs> I just think where it says all things in Ephesians one eleven, it means all. It things. means all things. Oh, but one thing. So. <laughs> so. R.C. Sproul would say there is not a single maverick molecule. That's the expression he uses. There's not a single maverick straying molecule that will be outside of God's control. Okay? Outside of God's control. He controls it all. Now, could he have controlled me to wear a different shirt? Absolutely. Could he have controlled me to not even be here tonight? Absolutely. But do we really think that God sat down before the beginning of time and said, All right, I need Cody to wear his 2019 Ragnar so he can use this in an illustration? No. No. But did he allow it to happen? Yes. Go. Okay. To say that God is allowing something, mm-hmm. does that not bring the danger of dualism into the question? Yes. Because how is God allowing something? Like, does that mean that there's this other force? that God is letting have its way kind of thing? Is there another force? Sure. Well, okay. Yeah, doesn't it make God passive? Yeah, make Him <laughs> passive? <laughs> <laughs> so I would say He does not... Those things that do not alter His decree, Yes. There's certain things that he says is absolutely going to happen. Christ is going to the cross no matter what. We see that even in uh, different, here's a different force, in the wilderness. Satan didn't want him to throw himself down or didn't want him to make him king and ruler of all things. He wanted to keep him from the cross. That was the whole purpose. If he can get him to do that, then he can keep him away from the cross. God said, absolutely not. This is my decree that Christ is going to go to that cross and this is going to happen. Okay, So I would say the things that are decreed of God that are absolutely going to happen, He's going to make sure they happen. He's not going to make sure that I wear that Ragnar shirt tonight. Is it in His control to make me? Absolutely. It can happen. I mean, He can absolutely, if that is somehow part of His sovereign decree of all things taking place, then yes, He can. But I don't think He's like... I didn't have to pray about wearing my shirt tonight or this shirt like is this the right because if that was the case when you sit down and say okay god what belt do you want me to wear what shoelaces should be in my shoes that type of stuff and you're going to spend all that time doing that then you're going to be not getting out the door (laughs) okay one of the most important things to take away here though is the all-out efforts Free of God moves according not only to the plan of God but the timeline of God all the way to the point where they offer him the drink that Isaac talked about in the Testament. Ah. so nothing moves yet all of creation, fallen creation resists and it goes perfectly like God says it will but Christ even says to Pilate in John 18, you have the power over me now because my Father.'" Right. Mm-hmm. Right. He d- he was decreeing and it that yeah. Pilate's resistance though was... Yes. Yeah. But I'm saying God is sovereign over his resistance. Yeah. Absolutely. You can never separate God's sovereignty from it. it. Yeah. It's ineffective. Yeah. You can never separate he testimony to Christ uh what is that word to sleep. Innocence three times. Right. Because that's significant from the Jewish perspective, not ours. Shouldn't went to the cross at that point. Had no right to kill him at that point. No, but it, it goes forward. But his decree is still going to happen. And his sovereignty. That, one thing when I was studying a lot of this stuff, I said, all right, so where does God's sovereignty end and man's responsibility begin? God's sovereignty never ends. You can't think of it like that. And we've got to think about other things like uh, was Christ Almighty? But he was crucified in weakness. How does that work? You know, so they talk about, I I think I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, Let me go ahead and do Spurgeon's, uh, Spurgeon's illustration was the dust particles that you see in the beam of light coming through the window. Every one of those dust particles are in the sovereignty of God. Okay, now... Did God have to sit down before the foundation of the earth and say, I'm going to decree that these dust molecules are going to float in front of the window at this point in time so Cody can see it and see the glory of God? No. I don't think God's decree is the fact that I'm going to see that dust particle and see the glory of God. Now, does that happen? Sure. But I don't think that is a part of His sovereign purpose and will. Now, obviously it happened, so it is in His sovereign control. But... Are we really talking about his decree being the same thing as sovereign will? There's a difference because everything is in his sovereign will, okay. But not we wouldn't say that everything God didn't decree sin to happen. It happened outside of, in his sovereign decree, though. Okay, everything did work inside of his sovereign will and inside his decree. Um, so. And there's a lot, like, that's one of those things like, where did the Almighty and the weakness of God, how did that work? Like, how did that play in each other? And looking and trying to, you know, specifically pick a point in time of where does it begin and where does it stop gets really confused. I don't, I don't think definitely that's not what we need to be arguing over, obviously. We need to be glorying the fact that God set His purpose in place and it will come to pass. However that comes about, it's to his glory. It's not for us to be smart enough to figure it out, you know. Um, Joy will also take questions on the rest of that next week. Okay. So yeah. So again, I knew I was going to get to it eventually. But so we have the co- collision of divinity and humanity. You've got two things that are going to come together to head, and it's hard to. I mean, it's just hard to understand. There, it's just trouble. There's a lot of trouble in understanding. The will of God and the will of man, um, they're, I mean, obviously they're going to be in contradiction to each other, in the beginning at least, and the whole part of conforming us into the image of Christ is God taking our will and making it His will. Um, so basically, um, God has to break our will to set Himself upon the throne. Um, I had another... Oh... The other illustration was, or not illustration, but the point in Christ's life was, was, was Christ omniscient? God's omniscient, Christ's omniscient, Spirit's omniscient, right? Well, how in Luke 2 is does He increase in wisdom? That's what well, you say. Well, that's a contradiction. No, that's a collision between divinity and humanity. Okay, There's just these two things that we're not ever going to understand. Christ being absolutely 100% omniscient, and then Scripture says that He increased in wisdom. Well, how can an omniscient, all-knowing God increase in wisdom? Yes, (laughs) He can. I don't know how that works, but He does. Okay, because we're talking outside of the... um, or not outside divinity, because Christ was completely divine, but we've got the collision of humanity taking place in that. So a lot of these things are, I'm I say, if you get to thinking about it too much, you head to hurt a little. I mean, once I read the, if I read the word decree of God, I'm like, oh, this is going to hurt. Like i just trying to think about it again. To sit down and have to wrap my mind around it, I know my head's going to hurt. So anyways, uh, 2 Thessalonians 2, 13 says, but we should always give thanks to God for you, brothers and sisters, beloved of the Lord, because God has chosen you from the beginning for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and faith and truth. Um, happens from the very beginning. It was the decree of God. Um, Isaiah 46.10 declaring in from the beginning. So God can sit there at the very beginning and already tell you what the end's going to be. How can He do that? Because He decreed it to happen. He knew Christ was going to go to the cross because he decreed it he knows that he's going to come back again when he's going to come back again because he's decreed it he knows when the church is going to be gathered home because he's agreed it now can we do things to hurry it up or to make it like no god's going to do it in his own sovereign plan and sovereign will at the right time and purpose but um it's just one of those things that's going to be oh and from ancient things uh the rest of that's and from ancient times things which have not been done, uh, saying my plan will be established and I will accomplish all my good pleasure. So it's going to happen. We don't have to worry about that part. Now we can argue about what's all in it and what's not in it and all that type of stuff. But guess what? Whatever it is will come to pass, matter what it is. All right. Uh... Romans 11:13. 13. Oh, how depth of the riches both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. Here we go. So, of the, of the knowledge of God, how unsearchable uh, are his judgments and unfathomable his ways. Another word for his plan, purpose, all that type of stuff. Uh, for who has known the mind of the Lord, who has become, uh, or who became his counselor, or who has first given to him that it would be paid back to him? Uh, for from Him and through Him and to Him are all things. To Him be the glory forever. Amen. So, once again, we set sit back. I mean, we didn't argue about these until we're blue in the face. And this is another one of those things like, um, I would definitely say, I feel bad that we have to, or that I, I do this, because I shouldn't be thinking about these things. But this is one of those things that, don't break fellowship over things. Okay. Rob's an idiot. Okay. We all know that. If he didn't believe this type of stuff, we'd say, yeah, you're an idiot. It's okay, Rob, but I'm not going to stop fellowship with you. I'm not going to stop worshiping with you just because you don't understand this type of stuff. Um, so not something to break fellowship with. Um, not even something to get... I mean, I wouldn't get angry. You, if you're getting angry with each other, you're, you know you're in the wrong spirit. I would say these are great things to sit down and talk about, think about, look at different people smart, way smarter than me and us in here. That hey, what do they say about these things? Okay, that's cool. I still don't understand it, but that's cool that they think that. But um, and especially if this is the first time you're looking at it, I mean, I remember I was, I was mad after the first time I was told about the foreknowledge of God. Predestined, all that type stuff. I was like, no way, God wouldn't do that. And then you actually, or me, uh, finally sat down and studied the Bible, not through the lens of as much. I can't say that I wasn't completely biased in it, but through the lens of what I'd always been told, or what Granny and Grandpa had taught me, or whatever. And it was like, wow, it's there. Um, And that's why I try and leave with people is just say, hey, it's there. You study the Bible and see what it says. Because I'm not going to convince you that nobody should ever take my word for any of it. Look at Scripture. And Scripture is only going to go so far. Unsearchable or his ways. We're not going to understand it all. Okay? But we can definitely or I can definitely rest knowing that God planned all of it. He decreed it from the very beginning, and it's going to come to pass. He foreknew me. There was nothing in me that he saw is good, and I can rest. Because if God could look at me and say, there's something good in me to save me, I would sit there and go, well, crud, I can screw this up. What if I screw this up? But I don't have to do that, because there's nothing good in me. Okay? So, read the Bible as unbiased as possible. Pray about it. Meditate on it. Something you don't have clarity on. Read, read, read. And then... When you still don't understand, say, Joey, we'll talk about it next week.